Amen. Take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Genesis. Now, tonight, if you guys have been with us very long, this is a subject that we have touched on before, and I want to talk about it again. Because I think it's important to understand. I think it's foundational to a Christian worldview. you got to start here. You have to understand this about yourself and about other people. About yourself and about other people. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter number 1. I know that you can find it. I believe that you can. I know that you can. And kind of here's what prompted this. Here's, as we're talking about this, New Zealand, back in 2015, they added a line to their constitution. You know, we have the United States Constitution. You may have heard of it. And the, New Zealand added to their constitution that animals are sentient beings. Sentient beings. What does that mean? People are sentient beings, okay? And so it's a wide definition. Sentient can mean anything from able to experience positive and negative emotions, right? If you've ever seen my dog not get a treat, I believe that she can experience negative emotions, positive emotions, and things like that. So it's a broad characterization. And just recently, in the nation of New Zealand, there's still another push to add even stronger language to their constitution uh, that basically applies human rights to all animals. I don't know. I don't know how you could ever eat a chicken again if you did that. Does that make sense? And, uh, and to claim that all animals are sentient uh, and are, are basically are just as valuable as a human being. Um, and it's, they usually pick the cute ones. It's usually the cute ones that we think of are more sentient than ugly ones, okay? Um, but this sparked this thought in my mind, and I want to share this with you. Look at this next slide. When you look in a mirror, you're either a humanist or a creationist. That's the two categories that you get to choose from. You're a humanist or a creationist. What's the difference? Now, uh, Julian Huxley was big time in the early American Humanist Association. Uh, she said this. I use the word humanist to mean someone who believes that a man is just as much a natural phenomenon as an animal or a plant. So you and a cactus. I mean, some people have cactus-like personalities, but I think there's more to you than a cactus, okay? <clears throat> just identify yourself. That his body, mind, and soul were not supernaturally created, but are products of evolution, and that he is under the control or guidance of any supernatural beings, but it has to rely on himself in his own power. So a humanist believes that there's no difference between you and your shrubs in your front yard, right? You just, you both come from the same place. You have equal value. No supernatural, nothing like this. A creationist is someone who believes that God uh, uh, was, that God created man at his own initiative and man bears the image of God. And therefore man is important to God above and beyond all creation. When you look in the mirror, you either see a chemical phenomenon, an incredible miracle of science, or you see a created, designed person, one or the other. Now, what you, how you fall into that will determine a lot of things. It'll determine how you treat other people, because if you're just a, a chemical phenomenon, then they're just a chemical phenomenon, and then it doesn't matter how you treat them. You can treat them any way you want to. It's, it's not 
mere coincidence that in every, kind, every form of real dictatorship or socialism and communism, any kind of system that works actively to oppress and suppress people in the modern era all follow the humanistic train of thought, right? It's, it's not a, because when I see you as less than, then I can treat you as less than. And one of the ugliest things in the Christian faith is any time where believers are treating others as less than. Does that make sense? We don't see the image of God in the individual. Look at this next slide. Either you are created in God's image or God was created in your imagination. One or the other. One of those two is true. Right? Either you were created in God's image or God was created in your imagination. Um, an, an example of this, former Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Oliver Wendell Holmes, who is famous for what I consider his craziness, he said this. He said, I see no reason for attributing to a man a significance different in form from that which belongs to a baboon or a grain of sand. So to a formal, former Chief Supreme Court Justice, there's nothing different about you and a grain of sand. Does that even make any sense? Now, if you hold to a humanistic evolutionary view of man, eventually that's where you have to wind up. So what does God think of man? You know, in the Bible, when it says that God was creating everything, he would say, and it was good, and it was good. But then at the very end, look in verse number 31 in your Bible, Genesis 1, verse 31. It was after the creation of man, and then when he looked back, God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good. It's more than good. After he created man, it was very good. It's as if God was saving the best for last. And so if the passage we're studying tonight is true, uh, you're going to see why everybody is somebody, regardless of where they fell on your fake social standing order, regardless of what they have materially or physically, or how they even look physically. Why? Number one, write this down. Because you were designed by God. You were designed by God. Now, we're told that we're, uh, man and animals were created at the same time. Look at verse 24. Go to verse 24 in your Bible, Genesis 1, 24. God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Right? Now, contrary to a great deal of modern philosophical or even scientific thinking, we're given here an accurate portrayal of man's relationship. And I want to look at the difference between mankind and animals. But first, write this down. Mankind and animals are really similar, aren't they? I mean, they really are. There's a lot of similarities. Don't let anybody tell you any different. A lot of similarities. Similar forms. I mean, most animals, most people have legs and lungs and uh, even a very similar respiratory uh, system, a similar nervous system. But ears and nose and mouths and things like that. But amazingly, that leads some scientists to conclude because there's, excuse me, because there's similarities, 
uh, because these similarities exist, that they come, that man is just a, a higher form of an animal. That man, excuse me, that man must have evolved from animals. Physical similarities do not prove uh, relationship. Right? Any more than just because a plane has tires and a windshield that it means it evolved from a car. Right? It, similarities don't equal necessarily relationship. Man and animals even eat similar food. Look at verse 29 in your Bible. God said, see, I've given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields uh, seed, to you it shall be for food. Also, to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps in the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. All right, so both man and animals, we have digestive systems and stomachs, and, and we eat similar food, right? The same kinds of food. But again, that doesn't mean that man evolved from animals because, well, for one thing, animals are still here, but it doesn't mean that man evolved from animals any more than a plane came from a car because both of them use fuel. It doesn't make any sense. Even though man is similar to animals, write this down. We're very distinct and separate from animals. God's word is clear on it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. That is, man did not evolve from the beasts of the earth that God had already created. He was created out of the dust of the ground. Uh, and he breathed life into man. And this is God's way of showing us that man is distinct and separate from animals. Now see, write this down. Mankind is superior to animals. Now I know with some people we got to take it on a case-by-case -case basis. Amen? I mean, there are some people I like less than my dog. I mean, I understand that. But she's sweet. She'll come sit with me on the couch, put her head in my lap. Especially if I'm eating food. But in every way, mankind is superior to animals. Now, uh, Michael Fox, a humanist and evolutionist, he said this. He said, there's no clear distinction between us and animals. Animals communicate. Animals have emotions. Animals can think. Some thinkers think that the human soul is different because we are immortal. And that's just completely absurd. Well, it's actually the absolute truth. Three times in verse 26 and 27, uh, God tells us uh, that he created man. Right? God has a special relation to man, and man has a special relation to God that animals don't have. Animals simply don't possess that. God named man, but man named animals. Man serves God, but animals serve man. There's a difference. Animals were never meant to feed on people, but people were always meant to feed on certain animals. Animals can learn tricks, but they can't learn truth. Animals can work, but animals can't worship. You ever seen that video, that cute little dog praying, right? All right, let's see. It's time to pray. And that little, little dog will put his little paws up, and he would sit there and look like he's praying, you know? And uh, they'd be like, oh, look at this dog praying. Well, I mean, it's cute. It's a nice trick. But a dog cannot worship. Animals can feel the heat of the sun, but they can't, they don't understand the beauty of a sunset. Do you think an animal understands that? An animal looks at the sunset and thinks of the beauty. There's no creature like man. Uh, physically, man is different. We're the only ones walking upright all the time. Uh, mentally, uh, only man has the ability to communicate 
It's such a sophisticated way that we communicate. And spiritually, mankind is the only one that has a capacity to, uh, to know God at all. It's because God has given us a design, right? We were designed by God. But number two, because of this design, God has given you dignity. Dignity. You have a God-given dignity. Every person has a God-given dignity. Every person. That's why as believers, we can never look at people as less than or think that they're not worthy. Uh, one time, I was a, a youth, uh, I was in the, in the ministry, I was serving students and at a church that was mostly white, and um, I had these two beautiful volleyball player girls, they were mixed, you know, they were dark-skinned, they were half black, half white, or whatever they were, and uh, really, they looked like volleyball, you know how volleyball players are like tall, like they look like volleyball players, and they started coming on Wednesday night, and uh, I had a little old lady in that church meet me out in the parking lot one night. And she wanted to talk to me about these two black girls that were coming to church. And, and she said, uh, well, you know, they, they got their own church, and we got our own church, and I think that's okay. And, um, yeah, so what do you think I think about that? But, you know, and so at the time I just laughed in her face and walked away. Because if I didn't laugh, I was going to cry. And if I started crying, no telling what I was supposed to say to that lady about her own church. They got their own church and we got ours. You know, that should never be our attitude about anybody. Every human being has a dignity of bearing and having the image of God. Everyone. They've got their own church and we've got ours. And so, uh, if that's your attitude, repent and turn from your sin and Maybe trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and he'll change your life. Um, and again, uh, in verse 26 and 27, we're told three times that God created man, but we're told four times that he created man in his image. No other creature has a mind to know God, a heart to love God, and a will to obey God. Only man can have a relationship with God, and God only has relationships with men. Look at this. Jesus said in John 4, verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Look at this next slide. I'm getting mad about that lady all over again. Amen. I'm sorry. It's hard to get over. Bless her. She's gone. You know, she's passed away years ago. And I, I really, I hope, she, I hope she was right with the Lord. Uh, communication and communion with God are spiritual. In other words, you have to have a spirit to talk to a spiritual God. God is spirit. And so God communicates with man through his spirit. And we have communion with God through our spirit. It's one of the greatest differences between man and animals. Look at this next slide. Only man has a body, a soul, and a spirit. Only man. Only man has that. God is in a plurality in unity. Does that make sense? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Look at verse 26 again. I emphasize this when we're reading it. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God is three in one, yet in unity. Trinity in unity. And uh, it's incredibly difficult to wrap our minds around, but it's true. We are three in one, right? We are body, soul, and spirit. Scripture lays that out for us. Uh, with your body, you have your physical life, soul, you've got your psychological life, and with your spirit, you have your spiritual life. Uh, I heard somebody describe it like this. With your, with your body, right, you know the world. Um, you can, with your physical body, you know the world beneath you. And with your soul, you know the world around you. 
And with your spirit, you know the world above you. And that's a good way of putting it. Now, animals cannot know God, love God, serve God, worship God, or commune with God because they do not have the spiritual antenna of spirit. Only man was created in the likeness and the image of God. And again, when you hear that, well, let's make them in our likeness, in our image, don't think physically. This is a spiritual likeness. I mean, there, uh, we have a mental likeness to God. We can think, we can reason, we can make decisions. We also have a moral likeness to God. Man can, we can do right, we can know right, and we can be right. Ephesians 4 verse 24 says this, And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You can do right. That's what gives man a dignity that animals don't have. Um, the fact that we were created and made in the image of likeness of God, it means that we can know God, love God, serve God, worship God, and be like Christ. That's what it means. And it's wonderful. Now, we're talking about this just a moment, about spirit, body, soul, spirit, and all of that. And like, if you're wondering right now, if your pet, maybe your cat, okay, cats don't go to heaven. Dogs do. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got a verse here, but I don't have time to look it up right now. Okay, you know I'm kidding, right? <laughs> if you can't take a joke. But listen, if you're like, hey, did my dog died, did my dog go to heaven? Like, okay, let me tell you this. If, a little, if your little five-year-old comes up to me and is like, my puppy died, did my puppy go to heaven? Yes. Okay? Now, if you come up to me and ask, maybe yours did, okay? Maybe yours was so good. And I've, I've wondered that. Like, we love our pets. Do you love your, raise your hand, do you love your pets? Right? More than most people. Amen, 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 amen. And uh, I don't know. And maybe our pets are in heaven but you're not going to find anything biblical about that, okay? There's not, there's no, okay, there's, it's just not there. Uh, but uh, all these species would definitely be in heaven. Does that make sense? So maybe your puppy is, maybe your dog is, I don't know. But it's, you can't base it on scripture. And I feel like I'm going to move on. Okay, number three. God, God, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get in more trouble for this Bible study. Oh, I mean, I'm talking about from my house. <laughs> I'm going to get home. Alicia's like, what do you mean miracle's not going to heaven? She's going to heaven before you, big guy. <clears throat> She'll give, <laughs> yeah, the cat ladies or cat men. That doesn't exist, does it? Um, yeah, Alicia's going to give my burial plot to that dog. God has given you dominion. Uh, because man has a unique possession, the image of God, we're in a unique position. God has given man dominion. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Don't you sometimes wish God had stopped there and left off the creeping things that creep on the face of the earth? Right? Are there any creeping things people hear? Mm, keep your hand down, weirdo. Okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Snakes creep me out. Anybody else hate snakes? All the, all the redeemed say so. Raise your hand, people. Snakes. Well, we're to have dominion even over them. Now, there's two implications of dominion. Write this down. The first one is we're to rule. We're to rule. The only creature that was ever told to rule over anything is man. The only creature that was ever told to rule and reign over anything 
was man. That word for dominion, um, in, in ancient Hebrew, it means to trample down, to dominate, to master, to prevail over. So exactly what are we to have dominion over? Psalm 8, verse 6 says this, You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So dominion over creation. So we're to rule. And the next one, write this down, and to reproduce. Reproduce. These are the two things God has given us uh, in creation. Genesis 1.28, God said, be fruitful and multiply. Right? Adam and Eve, they were to create the human race. Be fruitful and multiply. And what's, what all the, how the preachers say, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Amen? Have you heard that one before? Well, it's true. Adam and Steve, we wouldn't even be here at all. Uh, do you understand, though, I mean, be serious for a moment, how abortion breaks the very first commandment that God ever gave mankind? to be fruitful and multiply, and that, how that just absolutely breaks the very first thing. Look at this next slide. I just want to make sure you know. Babies are never meant to be aborted. They're meant to be born. Well, what about no? What about no? What about no? Babies are meant to be born and never to be aborted. Uh, we're going to suffer some severe, I think we are suffering severe consequences because of this sin. But again, it breaks the very first thing God ever told us to do. Be fruitful and multiply and to replenish the earth. Number four, write this down. God has also given you a destiny that he hasn't given to any other part of creation. One thing that you have apart from other animals is, is this awareness that someday in the future that you're going to die. Right? I, th I think animals know when they're sick. Have you ever had a puppy, a dog die or whatever? I th animals know when they're sick. I'm not saying that. But it's awareness that right now, someday over the next 20 years, I'm going to die. Animals do not have that awareness. Does that make sense? And you do. God has given you that awareness that you know that the one thing that you don't have an unlimited supply of is time. Time. And you've got a God-given destiny. Um, and we experience that from what we see on the outside, but on the inside. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, uh, also referring to God, he, ha he has put eternity in their hearts. And we're going to die, and the reason why we're going to die is because of sin, because the wages of sin is death. Why does anything die? Why does that mean old cactus die? And why, does animal, why do animals die, and why do people die? Sin. Everything dies for the same reason. It's because sin entered in, and it tears up everything. It destroys everything. And, but when plants die, they're dead. When animals die, they're dead, except for miracle and maybe your puppies, okay? And I didn't say cats, right? They're dead. But when man dies, his spirit lives forever. Look at this next slide. This blows my mind. There was a time when you were not, but there's never going to be a time when you will not be, right? There was a time where Marcus Kelly, me, I didn't exist at all. But there's never going to be a time going forward where I don't exist. Right? My soul, my spirit will be somewhere. Right? I, we, we're going to live forever, but we're going to live forever somewhere. Uh, your body has an, I, I put this on, your body has an appointment with death, but your spirit has an appointment with God. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, you know what happens to every human being when they die? Look at Ecclesiastes 12, 7 in your notes. It says, then the dust will return to the earth as it was. And the Spirit will return to God who gave it. So I, I saw this, and I saved this in my notes. This guy described the life of man. He says, 
uh, first year, when you finally hit the teachable teens, the tender 20s, the tireless 30s, the fiery 40s. I don't know about that. I don't feel so fiery. The forceful 50s, the serious 60s, the sacred 70s. Glenda, how old are you? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just wanted to know. It's like I saw serious 60s, and I thought, I don't know. And then the sacred 70s. It was a. Yeah, no, I'm not asking. Yeah, okay. Well, y'all just, I feel like I messed up really bad just then, so I'm just going to move on. Uh, the sacred 70s, the aching 80s, and the nagging 90s. Shortening of breath, death, the sod, and then God. No, you don't care. Uh, you know something that animals and plants do not know. You know you're going to die. Look at this next slide. Arnold Toynbee, he's a, a secular philosopher, but he was really smart, and he said this one time. He said, man alone has foreknowledge of his coming death, and possessing this foreknowledge, he has a chance, if he chooses to take it, of overpondering the strangeness of his destiny. He's at least got a possibility of coping with it, since he is endowed with the capacity to think about it ahead of time, and to face it, and to deal with it in some way, that is worthy of human dignity. Again, God has given you a dignity. Um, I don't just want to die with dignity. I want to live for eternity. Your spirit, your very soul has God's fingerprints all over it. He created you. He made you. You were created in the image of God. Um, you're so valuable that he sent his son to come and die for you. Even Jesus died when he was dying himself. Luke 23, verse 46. This idea of the spirit. He said, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my, what? Spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And you can say the same thing. You can say the same thing. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And God's Holy Spirit will give you eternal life. Everybody is a somebody that Jesus died for. Now, some New Zealand constitution may put a born rat on the same level as a human being. But it just ain't so. And it doesn't matter what color a person is, where a person comes from, how much money they have, how much they don't have, how pretty they are, how ugly they are, whether they're a cat person or a dog person. Every human being is endowed with this dignity and a destiny that they have been given by Almighty God. And they've got a choice and what they do with that dignity that God has given them and that destiny. Amen? Man, we're done. Let's stand and be dismissed. I'm surprised I didn't get a second amen. We're done. Let's stand and be dismissed. Amen! We're done early. I'm, be careful if you go outside. You have been warned. Amen? All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for our time tonight and looking in your word briefly. Uh, God, thank you so much uh, that, you, um, that you love us, that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. Thank you uh, that we can have our destiny secure and that we can know you forever. Lord, thank you that your spirit can, can confirm with our spirit that we know you and that we are yours. Lord, help us. Lord, we struggle with this, and it's not easy, and it's hard sometimes. Help us to see every person. Uh, as a person that's been endowed with your image, a person of worth and value. And Lord, help us in some small measure to value others like you value us. 
Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody say it. Amen.